It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Saw some ball legends there. We were going to work John Adams' picture in, but we couldn't get a uh, an image quick enough. But welcome to the Vol Report, as is brought to you by Vols Automotive Group and Big Orange Phillies. John, there happens to be kind of a big game this weekend. Is it maybe the third Saturday in October? I, I don't know. I've been busy. Yeah, I think that's the case, but this... The third Saturday in October is kind of a, it hasn't really been a big game for a long time. It's been a big beatdown for Tennessee, Alabama administering the beatdown, of course. I mean, this is like, to me, like a new rivalry. Like, wow, Tennessee, Alabama, both in the top 10. Uh, man, this this could really be, hey, I'm not sure who's going to win this game. I it's- mean, it is absolutely bizarre where we were 365 days ago. No, and I, I think everybody fans fans were hopeful about the season. They were optimistic, and but even the optimists thought, well, Tennessee is still at least a rung below Alabama and Georgia. You don't even think about those games. You think about, hey, maybe you can beat LSU in South Carolina, Kentucky. Uh, beat win at Pitt, and you can have a really good season. But now they're in the playoff conversation, and quarterback Hendon Hooker is in the Heisman Trophy conversation. Isn't it weird how it just flips so fast? And you have all these coaches that get hired, and they talk about recruiting, and you have to build a program. I need my three, four, five, eight, 10, 12 years, uh, like Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> And that's not been the case with Josh Heupel. So let's get into it. Hit that like, subscribe, and share button so we can be a part of your Tennessee coverage at offthehooksports.com and our YouTube channel. And it's brought to you by Biles Automotive Group. It's about integrity on Callahan Drive. There's a reason I like to work with uh, Mr. Biles and Biles Automotive Group because you know you will get treated 
right way, whether it's a new car purchase, you'll also have a great selection or if it's service, you know, that you'll get treated fair. They want, they need, they appreciate your business. John, the spread anywhere from seven and a half to nine, but that's not really the, the number that I want to discuss. The number I'd like to discuss is how many points does Tennessee have to score to beat Alabama? And I know that depends largely on Alabama's quarterback situation, but 30, yes, I think that's a given. Jimmy Himes wrote about that on offthooksports.com. I think 40 is probably a number that you have to get to to beat Alabama, especially if Bryce Young's out there. Yeah, that's probably true. However, Texas Texas beat Alabama with 20 points, and Bryce Young was playing. So I'm not sold on Alabama being this great team. I know it's ranked number one in one poll. It's been ranked one or two most of the season. But I see a lot of deficiencies in this team. Uh, I think another way to look at that game is how many points does uh, – does Alabama have to score to beat Tennessee? I think anybody playing Tennessee these days goes into the game thinking, well, we got to score in the thirties. As though that's just a given. We have to find a way to score in the thirties. And you look at the last two SEC games Tennessee has played, and that was the mindset of the two coaches. Billy Napier of Florida went for fourth down, went for a first down on fourth down, six times made five of them to his credit. Uh, I thought Brian Kelly of LSU uh, took some chances he wouldn't have normally taken. It didn't work out, but these guys went into the game thinking we got a lot score, a lot of points to beat this team. And I think Alabama has to be thinking that way too. That's why to me, the quarterback situation is so crucial. I don't think Jalen Milrow, Alabama's backup quarterback uh, can score enough points to beat Tennessee with him running the offense. I, I just don't think they can. Uh, I mean, he might fumble running into the end zone turnover machine against A&M. Yes, he was. And the thing about Alabama that's interesting is we used to say that Tennessee has to be efficient in the Alabama game to have any chance, but really it's Alabama and there's going to be some big scores. I think Tennessee will put up, you can catch those scores at Big Orange Phillies right there on Maynardville Pike in North Knoxville. It's an easy drive from Maynardville, or it's an easy drive also from the Halls area, pal, right there. And it's uh, family-friendly. They've got darts, billiards. They've got the whole nine yards. And you will absolutely love, love, love the food. But really, if you look at Alabama and you take a peek at their receivers – they don't have the explosion there anywhere near Tennessee and anywhere near the top 20, 25 teams in the country, which is unusual to say. So Alabama really has to be efficient. I don't think they can depend on big plays as they have been able in, been able to in the past to, to survive, which again, survive sounds crazy for Alabama, but, I think they've got to be efficient. I don't think they can make mistakes like they did last week. Well, they, they had 100 yards and penalties against Texas. I really think if, if Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers does, isn't injured, he injured his shoulder late in the first quarter, the Texas wins that game by two touchdowns. That 
they were just rolling against Alabama. Alabama couldn't slow down their passing attack. He was nine of 12 for 134 yards. Receivers were open. Uh, so I, I just think Alabama was very fortunate in that game. And I think it was very fortunate against A&M playing with a backup quarterback. who's kind of limping around. Have you noticed this year, how many quarterbacks seem to be limping? And, and so, I mean, Pittsburgh's quarterback was limping against Tennessee and Haynes King was lipping against Alabama and became within two yards in a couple of seconds of winning the game. Um, I don't want to, I, I know Alabama's got the biggest dynasty going. I know Nick Saban's the best coach in college football, but I look at this team and see so many flaws, even on defense, Nick Saban's teams are best defensively when he's got a shutdown corner, sometimes two because he likes to jam receivers to the line of scrimmage, play one-on-one. If he got, he can devote the rest, he doesn't worry about those two wideouts. They're taken care of with his corners. And I don't I don't see those kind of corners in Alabama now. I think the secondary is very vulnerable. It's one of the reasons I like Tennessee in this game. So you're picking Tennessee to win outright? Yes. Wow, that's, that's pretty strong. I wasn't expecting that. Um, oh, well, that's the first, that's the first time in uh, – since uh, Nick Saban showed up in in Tuscaloosa, I mean, I yeah, that I would pick at Tennessee in this game. He had a pretty significant impact on the program. I think we could say yeah. that. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, and then Cedric Tillman, he the thing that I find so intriguing about this team is here is a guy in this modern day and age of college football that could say, you know, this is a high ankle sprain. It could bother me for the rest of my life. So, cause I've done that. I've got my left ankle was more likely to roll than my right. And because I had a high ankle sprain when I was 17 years old, but instead of saying, I'm worried about my NFL fortunes, he undergoes this tightrope procedure. And Josh Heupel was very open and honest about it. The goal was to get him back for this game, this Alabama game. And he, he tweeted out, I love this team after the LSU win. There seems to be a camaraderie that you can't just manufacture. And I, I don't want to overstate that, but I think it's there. Yeah. And, and I, that a lot of that is to Josh Heupel's credit. I mean, he's only in his second season and coaches talk about changing the culture. I mean, I zone out when they say that. We, how many times have you heard we got to change the circle? It's a culture. I remember Lou Holtz. I think it was Lou Holtz. Where was, where was he? Maybe at South Carolina. He was talking to, about changing the culture. He already been there three or four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, at some point, give it a rest. But uh, Heupel didn't talk that much about changing the culture. He just goes in there and he's himself. He's he has a, a really good demeanor, a very calming demeanor, I think. He gets excited in the games, but he's not excited when he's calling plays. And and I don't think – I think players play that way because of him. I just think they enjoy playing for him. That's a fun team to play for. Football players want to be aggressive. You know that. They want to – they don't want to have worry about gap responsibility and all that good stuff. They just want, they just want to go hit somebody. In Tennessee, you go back to the LSU game, how aggressive Tennessee was on defense, and it's always aggressive on offense. It's attack, 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 as Johnny Majors would say. So uh, I think players like playing in the system and not just the offense. They like 
you know, front sevens, they, those linebackers, defensive linemen, they want to get after the quarterback. They, and Heupel and defensive coordinator Tim Banks, they let those guys do that. They do. It's it's a fun system to play for, and I think that uh, Tillman possibly playing makes Tennessee incredibly uh, even more explosive. But, John, the thing that I think that gets overlooked is the way Tennessee ran the football against LSU and what Josh Heupel says that a lot of people just go, eh, whatever. He says they they want to run the football. They've got to run the football. They have been able to run the football, and they're a good running football team. And that gets lost a little bit. And I noticed, too, against LSU, and I'm sure you did as well, there was there was a time in the third quarter where they had an eight-minute drive. An eight-minute drive? That's like five years in Josh Heupel's system. <laughs> yeah, it was uh... – it was really contradictory to what the offense is all about, but I think it reflects its versatility. And, and we give so much credit to the system with Josh Heupel, but he's probably got better offensive talent than I realized going into the season. I think of those running backs as just being okay, but in that LSU game, they weren't just taking what the play gave them. They made extra yards. They made yards after tackle, Jalen Wright, Jabari Small. Those are pretty good running backs. I mean, when you and, – and that's the other thing. LSU has plenty of shortcomings. But it's also got a pretty good defensive front. And uh, Auburn couldn't run the ball on them in the second half of, uh, of that game that LSU came back from 17-point deficit. But Tennessee ran the ball on them. And I think it's a tribute to the system, but also to the fact that those running backs are a little better than I thought. I think so, and I think there's a reason that a guy that uh, was you know, a four-star prospect, Justin Williams-Thomas, that everybody expected to come in and play right away, you don't really need him to play right away. And if he's not as good in pass pro, pass protection as he needs to be, why play? I mean, that's that's where Tennessee is that is just is more stunning to me than the scheme and, 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 and everything that we talk about is the fact that you can be down a Tillman – you can have one of your top guys that you think you need come in as, as an incoming freshman, Justin Williams, Thomas, and there's other guys and you can roll on. I mean, that to me, the talent level in my mind of this, of this football team is significantly higher than I thought it was in August. Yes. I don't think it's as talented as Tennessee is going to be under Josh Heupel because he's working on a top 10 class and I think as players and recruits see the way this team is playing, they're going to want to be a part of this, particularly if Tennessee's competitive against the, the number one team in the nation. That kind of takes you up another level in the eyes of the recruits. But the system, as good as the system is, there's also Heupel's mindset set that factors in into this. You talk about being without Cedric Tillman. Heupel doesn't make a big deal about injuries or, or, or losing people. And you know how most coaches say, well, we just say next around here. You're next. They say that, but then afterwards they're telling you, after they lose, they're telling you, well, you know, of course we were without so-and-so. Not making excuses. Hey, but we were without so-and-so, okay? Just, just remember that. But we don't make excuses around here. We just say next man up. But I think Heupel does it. 
he has so much confidence in his offense, for example, he just says, well, we'll just put somebody else in there. And they've got more out of Ramel Keaton than I thought they would. He His career was kind of going in the wrong direction, but he made a really big catch in that Florida game, and he's he's doing okay in this system. So, sure, Tennessee's better with Cedric Tillman in there because they've got three pretty tall receivers and some guys that can run too. That, that's a hard trio to cover with Brew McCoy, Jalen White, and Cedric Tillman. But the system seems to work still, no matter who's in there. So, Heupel just doesn't worry about losing guys, and that 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 helps the team. The team, so the team then thinks, okay, we lost a guy, but hey, it's no big deal. We'll we'll still play well. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and that's what's happened. Hit that like, subscribe, and share button. Comment below. We greatly appreciate it. The Ball Report brought to you by Viles Automotive Group and uh, Big Orange Phillies. Uh, John, this uh, Alabama uh, D, uh, Alabama offense will face a Tennessee defense that in the secondary is is not very good. If there's still one glaring weakness, I think that's it. Now we'll see if Alabama can expose that. But uh, how important is it for Tennessee to get pressure up front? Because I just all the good things we've said, this secondary is still very very suspect. I agree. And, um, however, Tennessee doesn't have to cover Devonte Smith or, or Jalen Waddle out there. This is not the kind of a Alabama receiving core to which we become accustomed where the guys are just passing through Alabama on the way to the NFL. I mean, I, Alabama's rotated a bunch of guys in there and, and none of them really stand out to me. Another thing, and I saw it against Texas, um, dropped too many passes. Mm-hmm. And they're fortunate They're fortunate to have Bryce Young, who has the ability to raise his game under pressure and who is absolutely as cool a customer as ever played the position in the SEC. He just is unflappable. He it, Nothing phases him, and, of course, that permeates through the, through the team. But if they don't have him or if he's not 100%, everything changes for Alabama. He's the guy that bails him out. He did it against Texas. He did it last year against Auburn. He bails them out when things are going the wrong way. I was told something about Nick Saban's future that I want to get to, and it's kind of conspiracy theorist, but I'm going to throw it at you. Brought to you by Viles Automotive Group. No, they don't just bring you conspiracy theories. They bring you integrity. That's what they do. Uh, they're on Callahan Drive. Great selection, and you know you're going to get a quality vehicle, and if you need service, they do that too. Watch the game at Big Orange Phillies. Big Orange Phillies there in North Knoxville and Maynardville Pike is just absolutely an awesome family-friendly environment with uh, karaoke. John will be down there singing at some point. They've got... Uh, the beanbag toss, they've got darts and the, and the whole thing. So I was told something in the offseason that makes me wonder. I was told that Nick Saban was about to uh, sign up for a multi-year endorsement deal. And this was in July. And he said, nope, I can't commit to that. So obviously this person um, drew the conclusion, and that's what we're doing right now, that this might be his last year at Alabama. Well, since then, we've seen a quarterback that's not very ready. 
And if I want to go out on top, my back out, backup quarterback has not seen very many snaps in practice. We've seen a team that is a little listless. We've seen an Eli Ricks that may be transferring back to LSU. It just feels a little like this is like stumbling to the finish line. And I could be dead wrong. He could come back and win three more championships. I've got total respect for him. But it just feels like that to me. Well, I think that's an ongoing issue with Nick Saban because his being in Alabama gives us a a completely different college football landscape. Mm -hmm. I mean, Alabama's kind of the team to beat no matter what happens. And Ohio State will tell you that. Even Georgia will after just winning a national title. I mean, you could be right, but but see, I think the other way would say – I don't think Nick Saban, if he actually thought, okay, I'm getting ready to t- retire. I've, I've had enough. I've done enough. What more can I do? I just don't think he thinks that way. I just think he would think, what am I going to do? I'm only going to sleep for eight hours. What do I do for the other 16? <laughs> you can only brush your teeth for so long. I, I just, I, I just think, and I don't, I don't discourage long brushings, by the way. I just think Saban, this is what he does. He loves building a team more than he likes winning championships. And I just don't see, think he's right. He's in, seems to be in good health. Now, if there's some unknown health factor, yes, certainly that would be true. But I, I just don't see that. And you may be right, but I just think he... I could see this guy coaching another five, six years. Easy. I could too. I could too. But I, I just look at this team. And I'm not saying he's tanking it. Please don't get me wrong. But this was an opportunity with this team and the amount of talent they had to kind of go out on top. And I think there is a difference between being razor sharp and pretty darn sharp. And I think he's been razor sharp throughout his career. And I just wonder in the off season if he's been that razor sharp or maybe a little less than that. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I find it very interesting. You are picking Tennessee to outright win against uh, Alabama. I don't have my pick yet, but uh, that certainly gives me gives me pause. So John Adams of the Knoxville News Sentinel, and you can hear him with Blake Topmeyer also on the uh, podcast that's just all over the place. But this podcast right here is brought to you by Vols Automotive Group. Big Orange Phillies, the Vol Report. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports, Tennessee, Bama. Wow, a lot going on. Have a fantastic day, everyone.